course. So you are yeah. dialed in, ready to go. There's nothing better than coming to a podcast already warmed up and like ready to go. My form of that, I had KFC before this. So. I have not had KFC since high school, but let me preface the old golf course. I was not on just playing leisurely. It was, that was strictly business, right? We were, we were striking deals and making birdies. So anybody that works for us right now, when you're listening, that's what we were doing. Don't give them a hard time. Uh, I mean, I don't think you told me you were a good golfer, but I don't think I really realized it till you talked about your score today. Dude, I don't tell anybody, like, I'll be honest. I'm a, I'm a pretty good golfer. But whenever you say that, like you'll go out with a group of friends and they'll be expecting you to shoot a low score. That's true. Come out with an 85. And I'm like, yeah, guys, I'm sorry. Like I told you I was good, but I was not good. So I don't keep track of my handicap. I just go golf and have fun. I feel like what you can do in that situation is just say, I like to have fun. I like to have a good time on the course. That's about it. I'm just making you guys feel better about yourselves. Yeah. And then people are like, okay, yeah, we'll golf with Luke. He's a dirtbag. And then then you shoot like a 74 and they're like, damn. I, uh, I guess you're pretty not bad. Yeah. For, I did shoot a 74 today and it was pretty windy here, but it was, it was a fun round of golf. I played with Connor. Um, he was out with us too from DSG. Does he listen to the dirt bags? I think so. I think so. so. Um, yeah, dude. So a couple things, this is our Q and a version of the podcast. Uh, we did our first one, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. I loved it. Uh, short, sweet, like people are sending their questions in. Uh, we kind of just launched it on a random day too. So that I think that's always kind of fun is just to throw some bonus content out there. Um, and I think it also gets people thinking of like, oh, this is like, if I have a question, I can just throw it out there and, you know, they can talk about it and then they can hear it, you know, when the podcast drops. So uh, I've definitely enjoyed this structure. I know we've got the rants as well. And then we're still bringing on our guests uh, too. It's nice to have the three different like avenues of podcasting, right? Because- I look at it as like what I like to listen to and I love Q and A's, you know, industry related Q and A's. Cause I'm sure some way, somehow I can relate to that question and whoever answers it, I'm sure I can gain knowledge from it. The rants again, you can probably relate to as well. I personally deal with a bunch of shit and I'm sure everybody else does too. So it's fun to hear that you're not the only one dealing with that type of you know, instance or situation, whatever the case may be. Right. And it's not like you and I have all the answers either, but I think it does help. Now there's like three people in the room talking about it instead of just that one person where it's stuck in their head and they're like, man, am I the only person dealing with this? So um, before we dive into some questions, uh, you and I were just talking, our next Dirtbags University has been solidified. We've got it over 16, baby. Yep, October 16th. We're going to keep the same format. It's Monday night, October 16th. It'll be 7.30 Central Time, 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, come with a drink, a notepad, a notepad. To learn. It, That's uh, going to be a good one. It, if you've never been to one, it's an hour and a half. It's on Zoom just like this, but uh, we usually have about 50 to 100 other dirt bags that attend. Um, we bring in a speaker that speaks for about 30 to 45 minutes, very in-depth on a topic. And then for the next 45 minutes is a Q&A. So uh, the speaker and us were on the panel too. We can bring in people from the audience and then they can ask their question or walk through their scenario in live time. So uh, Dirtbags University, those webinars have been so much fun because everyone's kind of in the trenches together. Uh, We 
don't send it out. We don't record it and publish anything. So if you can't make it, that sucks. You're going to miss all the content. Like we don't, we don't sell it. We don't do anything um, with the you show up or oh. you don't know what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also one little thing before we do start our little Q and a here, Luke um, wasn't addressed on the previous podcast, but congrats on the phaser gala. You guys raised 30 grand for the boys and girls club. We got to attend this year. It was a blast. So one, just wanted to give a shout out to you guys for putting on a really fun, awesome event. And if you weren't there, anybody who's listening is going to have to come next year. Dude, I appreciate that, man. And yeah, it, it's just crazy. Like $30,000 and, you know, and we even had like higher goals than that too. And then I always just like look back and think like, man, this is incredible. This is year two, bringing all these people together. It was so cool to see everyone that showed up, you know, there's definitely some dirt bags in the crowd there that traveled from, you know, the Van Z's traveled from seven and a half hours in Iowa. Long ways. And I'm just, yeah, dude, I appreciate that. I'm excited next year just to keep doubling down and seeing like who wants to fly in, you know, to our area. Like this is where you and I grew up and uh, you know, you and I have big plans as well for doing some things with the schools uh, through the dirt bags and also just, just continue to give because I think that's what really fires me up to build our business even bigger is so that we can give even more. So, um, yeah, we had a blast, had some drinks, ate some food, raised some money, took um, some pictures, took some there. pictures. You, you bought, you purchased my dad. I mean, I did. Cool. I did. He, and if anybody who doesn't know Luke's dad, Tim is like a professional entertainer in the music world. The guy has an incredible set of pipes on him and he's a singer. So Riley and I bought that. We're going to try to surprise my mom. My mom, thankfully, doesn't listen to the podcast. I think she listened to one and she was like, Luke, you're way too vulgar. And I was like, oh, fair enough. But we're going to try to surprise her at like an event to where Tim's singing and oh yeah, invite her friends. It'll be a fun time. That'll be perfect. Yeah. Hopefully she doesn't get a wild hair and start listening on this episode, but I know my dad listens, so he's probably going to hear this, but yeah. uh, yeah, dude, it was just, it was so cool to bring people, you know, all ages were at the event, you know, 18 and up of course, but, um, it was just so cool. Talked, got to talk business with a lot of people. Um, you know, yeah, just having that one surefire spot where we can all get together each year besides like con expo, um, is, uh, is something that we're trying to build as well. Yeah, no, it was super fun. So again, Props to you. Thank you for putting that on. Thank you for hosting. It was it was an incredible event. And we were we were lucky to be able to be there. So 100% man, we're uh, going to do it again next year. So with that, um, let's dive into it. So we got the Q&A session. Um, this is a good one, because I feel like the questions came in. A There's lot a lot of questions. This time. Yeah, so we kind of just sifted through them, picked a few of the good ones that we liked. Uh, I'm just going to start it off here. I'm going to rattle off the first one. It's a little bit longer, but I want to give the full context. So um, here we go. What should we be charging for labor per hour in the excavation world? Diesel mechanics are now charging $130 an hour. Had my refrigerator looked at is $100 for labor, but it seems like when it comes to construction, $65 to $70 an hour is a big deal. I officially moved my labor rate to $80. Fuck it. <laughs> I think you're still light at $80 an hour. I, I agree. I right? agree. I look at, we are in the time of excavation to where 
you know, excavation contractors are like diesel mechanics or HVAC contractors, right? There's, there's a lot of them out there, but there's a lot of them that, that aren't worth a shit either. So I'll be honest, like our labor rate, I think we're at like 105 is what we bid on a lot of our bid sheets just because we try, I mean, we have to pay our guys well. And if yeah. you want guys to be there, you obviously have to charge to help, you know, afford those people. So it depends on your area, but also it depends on the value that you bring to, right? If you're, you know, not to knock the guys that are, you know, doing driveways with skid steers, right? That is still needed. That is still out there, but that isn't as specialty as like, Hey, I'm doing trenchless sewer repair. I have the tools and the know-how to yeah. do this and I can charge $150 an hour, you know? So I think it depends on the services you offer, the area that you're in, and then also your expertise. Yeah. I think a big piece that you can look at uh, when you're trying to figure out these numbers is supply and demand. Uh, because like you said, Luke, if, if anyone, if any neighbor, if any Joe Blow with the skid steer can go do complete the job, you unfortunately, you're going to have to be a lot more competitive in your pricing because also the people that you're working with are a lot pickier and they do want the lowest bid uh, because yeah, if, whether it's, you know, $800 and then the next quote comes in at 3,500, like sometimes I don't blame them. Like I'd probably do the $800, do the $800 quote as well. And it's yeah. like, uh, so yeah, so you do have to kind of look around to at what the work you're providing and are there any uh, certifications? Like, can anyone just come in and do this? Is there any specialty work to it? Um, and then your workload too. I think if you're scratching and clawing to get a job and keep your guys busy for the week, yeah. I mean, maybe you do have to oh, lower it competitive. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get competitive, but yeah, if you're booked out three weeks and you know, you can start to be a little uh, picky and choosy with those and, and increase your rates. Absolutely. That is a good point too, to, if you are in that industry or are trying to get into that industry, you know, look to add value to yourself because the more value that you can add, the more knowledge that you have, the more certifications that you hold, you can charge more, you'll make more money, right? So never stop learning in that space. If you're starting out, sure, $65 an hour is a great man hour rate because guess what? Chances are it's probably you. You're probably charging for your man hour and your skidster hours. So yeah, you'll make some good money, but it's taking that step back and kind of looking where you're at and what services you offer. Yeah, uh, using round numbers, how do you factor in like overhead and profit and all that? So say if, if it was 80 bucks an hour, like what roughly what percentage of that would you want to kind of set aside? Like as far as if I was to chart, well, it depends, right? If I'm, if I'm the owner of the business and I am the only person in that business, right? And I'm trying to figure out a bid, I am going to charge $100 or $125 an hour for my skid. I'm going to charge $60 for the man hour time, which would be me, right? Say I'm going to pay myself $30 an hour. Yeah. Right. That's almost a hundred percent markup from 30 to 60. You know, right. if you were at that 60 or whatever the number might be, I think it's a hundred. Maybe that actually that's probably more. I don't remember. I I've had a couple of drinks on the golf course. So quick math isn't my thing right now. Um, but anyway, right. I when you're when you're that small and you're and you're starting out, right, your overhead is very easy to predict. Yeah. Okay. I have twenty two hundred dollars that I have to pay this month. Right. In order for me to prop to be profitable, I have to make over twenty two hundred dollars, you know, so that's easy. And it's it's tough because you can't give like a sing like a 
oh, I would charge this because your profit margin will be this because everybody's costs are different, right? Right. So that's where, again, knowing your true cost is big. You know, there's calculators out there. There's different forms. You know, the dirt bags, you know, the dirt bags is going to be talking about this here soon, I think. Um, so that's a, that's kind of a two-sided question. So I don't really have an answer to that one. So I apologize. No, I, and I agree with you too. And when you are smaller, uh, you can be a bit more flexible and sometimes if you're very small, like if you're just starting out, a lot of times you want to take those because it helps get your name out there. You can get that review from the client. You can potentially build a positive relationship. Um, you know, so there are pros and cons to fluctuating a bit on your, your prices, but, uh, I would say, and this will kind of go into one of our other podcasts, but you got to have that uh, further out goal in mind, not necessarily the end goal, but like that vision of, okay, I'm doing this now Correct. so that it, you know, in six months we can be charging this. Correct. What, what can I do now to help, you know, bring in other services, right? What knowledge can I be bringing? What can I be saving for future equipment? Right. That is what you should. And that's that's all part of like a big scheme. And you got to have kind of a um, a picture painted for that, we'll say. Yeah. So and that may be in another podcast. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, uh, let's see here. OK. Good question, um, though. Good yeah. Question. Gr great question. I'm going to fire off um, another one. Luke, I know there is one um, that came in. So this one came in. Um, actually after our episode. So on Spotify, there's a Q and a option and somebody dropped it in there. I was like, Oh, I've never seen that. And so, I didn't know that. yeah. So I was looking through our Spotify records and it, I saw this question. I was like, I'm going to bring this up on our Q and a episode. Um, and with that too, I, I got to looking and uh, our reviews on Spotify have been crushing it. So it went up. We yeah. were at like a four, eight. I think we're at a four, nine. Thank you to everyone that has just taken two seconds and dropped a five-star review on, you know, uh, Spotify or uh, YouTube Apple, or whatever. Apple, Apple podcasts, like all of that, it, it helps a ton. And we're seeing that, like the more juice we get from that, the more, uh, they push out our podcast. So, uh, if you can just take a second to do that helps a ton, you know, subscribing, following and all that. So this one actually came from Spotify, um, Mr. Lineman 62, kind oh, of yeah. a missed, missed opportunity with, without 69 there. But, yeah. uh, he said, great episode. Here's my question. What's a good way to find a business partner when you're new to an area in a niche industry? I'm in the trenchless sewer world and see lots of potential. I'll I'll let you take it away, but first of all, I just got to say it's going to be difficult no matter what. Yeah. Why my question is why have a partner? That's exactly what I was thinking. Right? If you're looking at kind of a a certain market to where maybe you hold you know, the certifications for you have the know-how, what's the point of having a partner? Yeah. And more so an equity partner. You can have, yeah. you can have maybe a leadership team that helps you achieve your goals and helps you build the business, but doesn't mean you need to go chase after, you know, trying to give somebody 30% of your business. No. Yeah. Well, and yeah, don't, don't have a yeah. <laughs> is, is, is my opinion, yeah. right? Because if that's something that there's a lot of potential in the area, go have a bank be your partner. Yeah. You know, let them know the services that you want to offer. Show them the schematics of this is not offered or only these two people offer it and they're 65 years old and they're going to get out of it. Right. Chances are they'll give you a business loan. They'll, they'll give you an operating line of credit. They'll, you know, they'll be able to help you out. And banks are great partners. 
Yeah. The, it's funny when I was reading that question, there were so many good, like green flags I saw fly up. Like there's a niche, there's uh, something that's needed. It's very specific in a new area. I was like, okay, good, good, good. Yeah. And it's like, who should I find as a business partner to bring in? Red flag. Like, wait, yeah, that's total red flag. It's like, wait, no, run with it. Yeah. Par- partner up with the businesses that need that or these corporations or associations. Mm-hmm. And then like, just run the thing and and talk to other people like yeah. us or like any other dirtbags in the industry to get help. Um, but yeah, run that business a hundred percent. Yeah. Talk to a bank, um, bring Does them that, in a partner, but that, that makes me, okay. I don't know the guy who, and I don't want to offend him by saying this, but does the amount of money that you can charge on a trenchless sewer repair is pretty incredible, right? It's between 30 and 40 grand. And that's in our area and a maximum probably of three days of work. So I'm like, that's 10 grand a day. You can make some serious money doing that as long as you have the know-how and the right tools, right? So why would, yeah, don't have a partner. That's, that's my answer to that question. Do not take a partner on in that instance. Yeah. I think some people glorify partnerships. Yeah. Um, And you and I, yeah, we had a a full podcast episode on it with you and Cole and it was amazing. Like we talked about a lot of the good side of partnerships, you know, some of the downfalls and then also just partnerships as a whole, but doesn't, yeah. I hope we didn't give off the wrong message of like, if you don't have a partner, go find one because I, I don't think that's the right way to do it. No, I agree. The partnership, like the partnership podcast that we had, talks about certain instances, right? Yeah. If I had a if I had a, a a very controlled market with a super good idea on how to be profitable by myself, I wouldn't take a partner on. Right. Right. That's that's just how it would be. So don't take a partner. Right. If you yeah. do take a partner, you know, make sure there's give and take on both ends is probably the easiest way to put it. You know, make sure your weaknesses are complemented by the other person, right? And you complement their weaknesses with your strengths. Yeah. Another thing, you know, to kind of dive into partnerships a little bit is uh, like for you and I, it's interesting because we already have like our main businesses. And so this is like an extension of that, that helps our main businesses, but I wouldn't want to do the dirt bags all by myself. You wouldn't want to do it all by yourself. So that makes more sense in my opinion. Um, but when it's like your first business and it's like, you have all of the pros in this situation, go take the chance. Yeah. Just start it and and get going with it and and make money. And then if there's an extension to it, maybe then you can look at, um, starting a partnership or something, but I don't know. I I like the idea of having that first one, um, your own yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest. If I didn't have Luke in the dirt bags, <laughs> that would not be a podcast because okay. I don't even know how to like edit a video. So one, that's a different story. But again, try it yourself, see what happens, see what you are not good at. And if it fails, find somebody that can help complement your weakness. Yeah, Simple as that. 100%. Good question. Good question. What do we got for others, Luke? Let me pull up our list here. So I suppose we got the one from Tom. Oh, oh. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this one. Cause this one's right in your wheelhouse, Luke. I can't answer this one as good as you can. Okay. Tom, how important is a good website when to, 
when today most people check their Facebook or other social media to learn about companies? That's a good question. Okay. So, I'll say it again. How important is a good website when today most people check their Facebook or other social media to learn about companies? Okay. So to answer this question, I think the reason, and I, I know Tom, great guy. Mm -hmm. uh, Tom, I think the reason that you may have that perspective is because you don't have a good website. It's yep. very similar to when Luke Payne and I here were talking about LinkedIn. Like I was huge on LinkedIn as far as like an advocate for it. I just, I loved it. And I was like, Luke, you got to get on LinkedIn, got to get on LinkedIn. And he's like, uh, fine. Like I'll, I'll try it out. And now he's a huge advocate for it, but he didn't know that side of it because he didn't, he was never on it. So I feel like it's very similar with a good website. And, you know, to your question, if, if, if people are only finding other companies on social media, uh, it's just not a true statement because we haven't, no customers have found you on Google yet, or no companies have uh, found you and your website yet. So um, to me, and we've talked about this a few podcasts ago, you want to, uh, when you're talking about your online presence, you need to own your assets. Can you own your own Facebook page? Yes, but the algorithm and Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, they control everything. So they can change the algorithm. They can change uh, how many people are seeing your posts, everything. Same thing with Instagram, same thing with LinkedIn, whatever it is. Your website, phasermarketing.com, blackirondirt.com, you own that asset. You can put whatever you want on there. You can change it however you want. And then Google, the search engine, reads that to see who they want to send your way. So a podcast, social media channels, Google, these are all channels that send it directly to you. Uh, so you want to use those as marketing channels and not your um, sole form of business. And then send them to your business, which would be your website. So that's how I look at it. Um, you know, Use those as drivers, social media. Uh, they'll only help your business, but having a strong website to tell, to tell your story, to have people find you, uh, to have people learn about you while you're sleeping or out on a job. Uh, it's one of the best things and I'm biased, but one of the best things you can have. I'll add to that too. One thing that people need to understand as well, Luke, and I've noticed this, do not make your website, your business. Right. Mm -hmm. You, you still have to put in the legwork. You still right. got to, you know, answer your phone and all of that. A website is not going to cure a business if it's failing. Yeah. Right. A website will only help, right. There's, there's positives to it, but don't look at it as this is, this is going to be a cure all to get me out of debt or get me more, you know, work. It, it can those happen. Absolutely. But you also have to put in the work as the owner to do it. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we've gotten super picky of which construction companies we work with, because you know, like you said, Luke, if, if a company comes to me and says, you know, Hey Luke, like we really want to work with you. We'll give you whatever you want. As far as money, um, we our backs up against the wall. We're really struggling. Things aren't looking good. Like we need to get to the root of that problem first because a website or search engine optimization or ads, like aren't just going to fix that. No. You need to look That'll at the help. problem. Yep. It, it, it can, but We've had instances too where it's like, yeah, it's it's a sinking ship for other reasons besides your website. Um, and a lot of times it's, yeah, it's not answering the phone, not respecting, you know, clients or customers, not getting out of your office chair and like shaking people's hands and like going out and getting the business. Um, 
Some people just wait for the phone to ring, which I am against that. You you have to go out of the cave, kill something, bring it home. Like you got to go out and run your business. So, um, you know, we, we definitely vet our clients very heavily too, and just make sure that they're a good fit. And, and yeah, luckily like everyone we work with, it just seems like they are just crushing it and they do the right things, but it's like how they're raised as an individual and like what they, how they perceive their business and how they want to, how they want to run it. Oh, good question, Tom. Good answers, Luke. So that was really good. Uh, and then we got one more here. So this is an interesting one. I actually just had a conversation with uh, Devin Burrs the other day about this. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Um, so basically is charging for quotes. Uh, that's kind of the idea. So here's, here's the full thing. Um, should we be charging a rate for quoting private work? Obviously more, uh, obviously commercial work you can't, and it's more obvious that the commercial jobs will actually be happening, but it seems like private work, you give them a quote and it's a 50, 50, if they even do the project. Tossing around the idea of charging $250 for a quote, which will be refunded if they go with us and start the project. Sick of wasting my time with customers, giving them a quote for nothing in return seems to only seems to only be a problem with private work. I've heard of this before. I've heard people that have tried to like incorporate charging for quotes and maybe some people it's worked for. But you also have to remember you are offering a service, right? Yeah. People are interested in hiring you for your service, right? That doesn't mean you're the only person that offers that service. There's other people that do. And if you don't get the work, maybe somebody else did, but at least you got the opportunity to. Yeah. You know, I think it's all on how you look at it. But personally, we don't charge for any quotes, right? You can usually vet people pretty easily as far yeah, as like what they're looking for. Cause we'll still get calls and they'll be like, Oh, Hey, my dog peed in the front yard. And we got some dead grass that we want to maybe like grade up and put some new dirt around. And, you know, in those instances, I'm like, I'm not interested. Like, I'm right. sorry. That's not something that we offer. Right. Cause though those people are just probably looking for something to be like, Oh, how much is this going to cost me? And say you send them a thousand dollar bill. They'll be like, Oh, Jesus. I can go to Menards and get, you know, seed for 400 bucks or 300 bucks. Go to Menards then. Yeah, then go to Menards, right? And you as the business owner have to identify that too, because you almost have to put them yourself in their shoes, Yeah. right? Would I hire somebody out to do this or am I just doing it to waste time? Because if you're like, if I'm just doing this to waste time, chances are they are too. Yeah, I mean, like you said, a lot of times you can you can smell a tire kicker pretty quickly. Yes. Um sometimes what helps is if, you know, if you're in a different industry, like we work with a lot of like hardscapers and they, uh, you know, it's like outdoor transformation or full patio, kitchen, fire pit, all that stuff. And so what we've been doing is like asking the client prospective client for a budget range. And so we have like 10 to 20 K 20 to 40, 50 to a hundred. And a lot of like, if they don't even reach the 10 to 20 K it, you know, they're going to turn away from it. So uh, I think as a business owner, just kind of figuring out what your BAM is, your bare ass minimum and being like, okay, if somebody's coming to me for this outdoor transformation project and they're only looking to spend five grand, uh, I don't want it. And so yeah. 
having that and having that be a precursor, whether it's a question on your website or something you just ask them like, yep, what's your, what's your budget for something like this? Um, and if they don't tell you, like, I mean, that, what else can you do? You're, you're yeah. probably not going to put too much work into that, uh, that estimate. Well, even say, even if it is five grand, right? Because five grand can still, I mean, five grand in our area gets you a full yard with, you know, you get hydro seed and final grade, whatever, right? So you can kind of show that right up front. And there are different ways, kind of like you said, Luke, is ask for a budget. Like, yes, can you, you know, if it's an email or a text or a call, just say, hey, I I apologize. I can't get there today. I would love to try to get you something over sooner. Could you send me some pictures or kind of a description as far as like what you're looking for and then kind of a budget that you have in mind so I can help, you know, do my best to achieve that, right? And if somebody's like, oh, I'd like a, you know, a whole new yard install. And I want it to be under $200. Don't even respond. Right. Right. You know, there's, but you'll always get those people that sound really serious, you know, and then they don't go with you. Maybe they got a cheaper bit. That'll always happen. But you charging that person $250 or $500, that's only going to make that person more upset. I feel like. Yeah. You know, I just thought of, I feel like the scenario of the dad bringing his 16 year old daughter to a car dealership and he's like, yeah. I'll show you how it's done. Yeah. And the, the sticker price is 30 K and he's like, I'll give you a 20 and they're like, get out, get lost. Yeah. You know? Sorry. Yeah. We can show you what's, what's in the budget of 20 K. Well, no, I want that one for 20. Well, that one's Not listed at 30. Yeah. 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 No, it, that's a very good analogy. So um, yeah, I and- wouldn't personally, but it, it depends. Like if you're, if your area is full of tire kickers, sure. Yeah. Try it, see how it goes. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a good point, man, because I was just talking to Devin and and his business is doing great. Uh, he's out in Maryland, um, Dirt Devil Enterprises. And he, uh, he's at a different situation where he is busy and he is getting like a lot of good leads. And so he's just like doing something similar where he charges like a smaller amount for the for the estimate if they really want to work with him and then he'll just yeah if they start with him which just they're already it. saying they want to then he'll just void it and so it, it, when he was talking about it it made sense to me but it also depends on where you're at because if you're just trying to make money on the estimates that is not the right business to be in no it's not because you're gonna be people, you'll just get a reputation of oh this person's just trying to screw people you yeah. know, cause then they'll look at it as, well, I was looking for a service. They didn't provide me for a service, but I they charged like, me. yeah, I'm throwing $250 out the window. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I think it depends on kind of where you're at in, in business, but, um, you know, also can open the door too for, for offering free quotes, like when you used yep. to charge for them and you can kind of offer that too. So for a, a certain season, maybe. Correct. But it also gives an opportunity to your competition, right? If they catch wind of, I'm charging for quotes. They're going to advertise the shit out of, Hey, free, free quotes. quotes. <laughs> Give us a call. We'll gladly help you out. Yeah. Right. So it, I wouldn't, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, from a marketing perspective, it's a lot easier to market a free quote than a $250. Give us a call. We'll, we'll tell you how much it is. And yeah. yeah and then charge you 250 bucks. Yeah. I think, and not to go too far into it, but I think you can do your selling on the phone and that's when a free quote comes in handy. The more phone calls you have, the more you can sell them and just be like, you can sell them as a person and just be like, Hey, yep. Yeah. We can take care of you. Yeah. It, usually it'll be about uh 4,500 bucks for that. 
that's something you're willing to do. Mm-hmm. And like, you just get better and better as a business owner or as a salesman, like selling that yeah. uh, and uh, uh, solving their problem or giving them value to the problem that they have. So they may not have a budget of 4,500 when they call you, but after you talk them through everything, they may up. You then know, they might be able to, right? Yeah. yeah. Just because they don't understand the process. Yeah. So don't give up right away. Um, have a free quote or free estimate in some scenario or in most scenarios. Uh, and then you just got to, you know, sell them on it, sell them on the value. Correct. And if you're really like, Hey, I need that extra dollar or extra, whatever for my time provided, add it into the invoice at the end of the day. Sure. Right? It, it, whatever, make up for it then. Yeah. That's yeah. Which I feel like most people listening would be like, well, I, if I get the job, I don't need to add in the extra 150, 250 bucks. So, no, um, but yeah, if, if, yeah, that's my opinion. Um, so, well, good questions. Cool. Uh, yeah, guys, that's, that's what we got for the Q and A's today. Um, keep sending them our way. The more questions we get, the more, uh, one-off podcasts we get to do. So Luke, yeah, as long as our hopper is full of questions, we're just going to keep jumping on and doing these. It's just, uh, they're just bonus episodes. You know, you and I love to record. Um, we love to talk about, you know, the industry and like, you know, kind of what's going on there. So keep sending them our way and, uh, we'll keep doing them. Let's do it. No, thank you guys for the questions. Like Luke said, we look forward to answering more and keep on charging boys.